Sippers, welcome to this episode of the Tea With Me podcast with me, your wee mate Shane Todd. Before we get stuck into the podcast, we've got to go quickly to our sponsors. First of all, Thompson's Tea, Punjana. Punjana sounds like it's exotic, you know what I mean? Sounds like it could be from anywhere in the world. They've been making tea from Belfast since the 1800s, which is mad. Like, what is older than that? The Thompson's family. You'd have thought at some point maybe they decided to get into something different. Bouncy Castle Company, whatever, you know, start up a butcher's. No, they're just tea mad. What? When is it going to end? The Thompson family just keep making tea. Punjana's Northern Ireland's number one selling tea. We asked them, do you want to do a discount code? Can people buy tea bags online? And they just said, all you need to do is tell your listeners that Punjana is the number one. That's it. And we're prepared to start beefs with other tea companies. You know, we've said it before, we'll say it again. Fuck those Tetley guys with their flat caps and their weird long white coats. <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> Punjana, number one all day long. Look, decaf, Irish breakfast, original blend. The Thompsons family have it all covered. Punjana, number one. Tetley. Nerds. <laughs> We're also sponsored by Manscaped. Look, it's the Euros. You know, the pitches look good at the Euros. I think we can all agree. The grass looks good. It looks neat. You know, and they can play good football on that as a result. Now, what wouldn't be good is if people, you know, the players were running about, like Cristiano Ronaldo was running about, and the grass was like up to his knees. That would be disgusting. You know, like you just wouldn't be able to play football properly. Wouldn't be nice to look at. Guys, it's a metaphor. I'm talking about pubic hair. You've got to make sure your pitch looks manicured. Maybe you put some lines in it. Maybe you do like a check pattern, I don't know. But Manscaped are the number one below the belt men's grooming company. They've got the Lawnmower 3.0, ball deodorant, ball cleanser, ball wipes. Looks 2021, take care of your balls. Use the code tea with me for 20% off and free shipping. I use it, Dan uses it. Mike isn't here today because he is taking a day to himself to take care of his balls. We've had an intervention and we spoke to him because we saw him by mistake. He thought he locked the toilet door. We walked in. We saw what was happening. And we said, Mike, take a day off and take care of yourself down there. Manscaped.com. Use the code T with me for 20% off and free shipping. Let's get stuck into this episode. My guest today, I think it's fair to say, is Northern Ireland's number one selling live artist of all time since records began. He is a, a DJ that plays all over the world. Um, anytime he does a Belfast show, it's massive. And, and what's quite rare about that is that he's not originally from here. So my guest today um, plays all over the place. You know, if I didn't know he was here today, I might picture him in Ibiza. You know, I might picture him in Vegas. But he's on Hollywood High Street in our studio. <laughs> my guest today is Ben Nicky. <laughs> Probably one of the best intros I've ever had. Yeah, one of the best. One of the best ever. Not just that, like, that, the actual advert that you just did was so good. Like, I really probably want to go and buy a Manscape now. Would you, maybe I could just advertise you? You know, I maybe, just, like, when, you're, just, when you've dated? When, I, when I've, like, listened to podcasts before, like, um, <laughs> certain, like, not like your normal traditional Joe Rogans, but, like, kind of ones that are, like, you know, niche or local or whatever. Yeah. It's like you go to an advert and it's like, oh, I'm skipping out of this. But I actually would tune in to hear you talk about balls. Appreciate that. It's great. Well, I, I'm, you know, I'm, are we talking about a ball spin-off podcast here with me and you? 100%. Like, let's, talking just, balls. let's just talk about, um, 
you know how to how to keep them smooth and different products that you know yeah. you can use. You, you keep it you keep it smooth. I, now and then depends. I mean, it's a bit of a rough patch at the moment, mate. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, like with the whole lockdown and stuff. It's <laughs> yeah. you know, and I live in the country, so there's a lot of overgrown things where I live. <laughs> it's um, a metaphor for your surroundings. But I might go and uh, give it a bit of love tonight. Now, I think that's okay. Like, if you like, if if you let it get a little bit long, so that you can once you get the cut, you appreciate it more. Hundred percent. Like, it looks better. Anything that you do religiously it gets boring like it's nice sometimes to like make your hair like you know like in lockdown when everyone had bad hair yeah and yeah when you got it you're like oh mate i've got a tight fade yeah Let's go. yeah 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 look ben i have so much i want to ask you about but like how, like how come you're here oh, well <laughs> like, you're like an international dj like you should be you should be somewhere exotic you should be somewhere with the sun you know at, at, at some sort of beach club Everybody, you know I mean? everybody asks me this. Um, I now live in Northern Ireland. Yeah. Um, I, I, the, because anytime I hear someone is living in Northern Ireland, I'm like, well, like we we get so I'm trying to think of the way to describe it. Like we're so like uh, paranoid. Like you know what I mean? Like we don't we couldn't understand why anybody would want to live here. We're like, no, no, you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to live here. But like, what has what has brought you here? Every single person that I've ever met here asked me the same question. Yeah. And I have lived in Vegas. I've lived in Australia. Uh, I have a house in England as well. Um, first of all, when I, where I live in England, which I, st I still own some houses in England as well. But the reason that I lived there was to live near the airport. Like you said, I, I lived on an airplane for the last 10 years. And I only lived there for literally the fact of being close to the airport. Mm -hmm. So once lockdown hit, I was like, well, I still need to live really nearish Europe, near America, somewhere that's in the middle. Now, all my mates live in Northern Ireland. I love it here. Everyone knows me. I know everyone. Like, everyone stops me in the street. Everyone's kind. Everyone's like decent. I'm friends of all local businesses and stuff. And I love to obviously do big events here, but I love to support everyone here. And um, people that live here, they get kind of, they don't think. Quite a lot of people that I know that I'm friends with don't realize how beautiful it is in the country here. Like, it's yeah. insane. Um, I had a few boys that live in the city here. I took them to my house the other day and um, they were like, mate, I didn't know we had fields like this. Yeah, yeah. They were like, I've never left my, like, my estate. Yeah. And I, they, were, they, they, they just, you know, it's absolutely beautiful. It's like, and, it's like bringing them into Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Yeah. But I never knew this, this would exist. And, and brutally to the point, you get so much for your money here. Like I got a lot of land with my property and I just, when I've been living abroad and touring and on airplanes my whole life, just to, to get home and have space. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Um, I, obviously, I haven't worked since lockdown. So I've only, only yeah. moved here a few months ago. So I haven't really come back from tour home yet. So yeah. Just knowing that I'm going to come back to a big, nice field. I pretty much live in a field. Yeah, but that, <laughs> yeah. that, that, I get what you mean because if you were living in somewhere like London or Vegas, when you come off the road, it, it would still be the same type of vibe. Whereas, yeah, yeah come, I, I totally get what you mean. Like coming back to a field in the <laughs> countryside here, it is a total separation from that lifestyle and, and I, the pace I of everything. Agree. That, that literally was the problem is I couldn't separate business and pleasure and personal life I like I would get back from a very long tour I mean I never stopped touring for 10 years I, I overworked too much and this kind of whole scenario that's happened with lockdown has kind of saved my mental health a little bit but I was coming home I get paid to party really it's true like you yeah. get paid a lot of money to party 
and when you get home you haven't seen your mates for a while so then they want to party with you so it's like but this is my time that i need to recover get and you. you don't and i wasn't ending up doing it i was ending up then going out with friends yeah had a pretty much disposable income so i was just, just doing mad stuff all the time and i wasn't giving myself time now i'm separating being away partying as much i'm a job coming home and looking at chickens and rabbits on a window. Yeah, it's not Better as easy. the best thing I've done. It's not as easy to go and party here. Like if you live in London, you can just pretty much walk out of your house or whatever and there's a bar, there's a yeah. club, whatever. But like if you're living in the countryside here and you're like, I just want to go to a club, you know, yeah. you're, you're going to struggle to get a taxi. Taxi will be like, it'll be, it'll be four hours. Bus stop might not be convenient. Like your party lifestyle here has to sort of fit around an Ulster bus timetable. Also, um, it's also quite hard as well because like you said, with this city being pretty small, it's I think it's only a million people. So yeah, um, and obviously my events hold like fifteen thousand. So the majority of young kids here have seen me. Yeah, and obviously their dads <laughs> would have seen videos of me with yeah. their kids. So wherever I, even the Amazon driver when he knocks on my door goes, "Ben Nicky, what? Yeah. You live here?" So <laughs> yeah. I, if I, I wherever I go here, I get stopped. So like, yeah. it's not as easy as just walking into a club and be like, "Hey, can I get a table?" Like, yeah, I kind yeah. of have to ring my friends and sort things out in advance. So. Um, yeah, but I also enjoy that a little bit as well because I think it's nice to kind of show support and gratitude to where has looked after me as well. So yeah, um, I, 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 I would never like hate on something that's done me well. So yeah. But, but And how did the your kind of like love affair with here start? Because the likes of the Belsonic shows and you, you did Custom House Square first, right? As part of yeah, and then I did SSE before that, and then like Kelly's up in Port Rush, and um, had, had you been like building the foundations here for a long time, or was no. it just? No, I I had um, trance music here. I'm sure as you know, especially has got is deep rooted within Northern Ireland. Huge. I mm -hmm. mean, like back in the day, like you had like Planet Love, and um, it's like Kelly's, you know, places like that. And as I was growing up with like you know Judge Jules, who you know ended up ironically is now my lawyer. Yeah, he's a lawyer now. Yeah. So is the judge literally that's a judge? That's why his name was Judge Jules. But <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs> I swear. So you could theoretically be in court someday and be like, yeah, this is who's representing me. And the judge comes in hey, behind a set of decks. <laughs> he is um, one of the biggest music lawyers in the world now. He represents pretty much every major artist you can imagine. And um, he obviously, know, through, through knowing everyone through his job, he, liked, he, you know, he was like, you know what, I'm going to start... Doing this, he's obviously made loads of money being a DJ. Yeah. And, and is, is TS2 your dentist or anything like that? No, not yet. He, has not, he hasn't got veneers yet, mate. Yeah, he's not blinding anyone. Um, but yeah, maybe one day, mate. Maybe, maybe um, you know, you might invest in Manscaped with us, mate. Yeah. yeah. I love the Judge Jules is your lawyer. That's fucking yeah. great. Yeah, true story. But he, um, yeah, back, back in the day, he was obviously him, him and like Eddie Hallowell and even Fergie. who Carl Cox, there was, there was a big... Yeah, you, you, like DJs were coming here, and the, before I was going out age, but they would they put on massive, massive shows, and I think they used to always say that nowhere else really in the UK was doing it like they were doing it no. here. Like we no. love like we, dance music, sectarianism. Yeah, huge in, in the nineties, like mad for it. You well, know? well, this is the thing, and I think what happened is is the rest of the world, um, especially, kind of moved on from other kind of music, um, especially America, kind of moved on and people like grew up with other kind of things. But, but I started that influence of like old God's Kitchen, Planet Love, all that kind of, you know, Jules, Eddie Hallowell, um, Armin Van Buren, those kind of guys inspired me to start. So when I started, I had a very 
British dance music kind of route. Um, then when I started like getting a bit of momentum and getting a bit bigger, um, I was playing in New York and I just started recording videos of me playing and um, I uploaded these videos online. And at the time, no one had really put videos up of like crowds going mad as a DJ, you know, yeah. you know, like when you see a football celebration, you go, that's mid, look at the crowd. Yeah. No one had really done it with a DJ before. So I was playing a kind of this new, it's called side trance, different kind of type of trance. And um, I was playing it a lot in my sets and I put this video up on my Facebook and it got like 4 million views. And I, like, and I, I was, I just got had good traction already, but I was nowhere, wasn't that big. Yeah. It got 4 million views and I went, all right, cool. I'll do it again. Yeah. Kept doing it. Another 4 million views. And I was getting like hundreds of millions of views a year on my page. And the number one spot where people were sharing it was Northern Ireland. So all these, what people don't realize is when you have like a number one hit in the charts, for example, like, you know, a Calvin Harris style track, you might get, you know, 5 million plays on it in a, in a few months, whatever. Yeah. But I was getting organically hundreds of millions of people seeing Ben Nicky DJ on their timeline. So you can't pay for that kind of exposure. Of course, it was huge. Yeah. And that ultimately overnight made me very well known with younger kids over here and not even like the people's in their 40s and 50s mate were just like yeah this is awesome to see someone playing this kind of music on a massive stage and it was going viral so then i just like i was i was a support dj and um it was called el divino over here i think it's plastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. i think it then turns to plastic here yeah and i turned up and i wasn't headlining i want i want like i wasn't people weren't really knowing that i was like huge but the people that turned up to see me knew who i was and they were buzzing yeah and i went to play on play um and pe- people had to, they had to lock the room because there were too many people in the room. It was like, everyone came for me. And obviously the hype then built like, oh my God, if you want to see Ben Nicky, it's going to be hard to get a ticket. And um, just built from there and then started doing Kelly, sold it out in a day. And then obviously SSE and um, Custom House and Bellsonic last year. And we've just gone like that. And it's, um, but it's all stemmed from just like people watching these videos and obviously then listening to my sets and online and stuff. But um, it's, it's without having to have a commercial number one here, which is kind of unheard of. No one's really... Yeah. done the different route before so, it's so it, it, it is a very good place of like if people get behind you like they'll stick with you like yeah. and, and uh, like fans almost like want you to grow you know what I mean and yeah. take like pride like I know that through stand up as well uh, I remember El Divino like I never really I'm not that much of a going out type of guy yeah, like yeah. just not that into it I'll do it the odd time and I like the novelty of it but I remember going to El Divino and I I was doing like online sketches so it was kind of like well known amongst that demographic of like going out age people and um i was sitting and like i'm just a little bit uncomfortable like out places and that sort of thing and it's not like i don't like leaving my house i just like i prefer like a chilled out pub with my mates like having a chat and a pint probably because um not to your extent but i'm going out to rowdy venues to do stand up and i like i like then the opposite side of that and uh, I remember being in the VIP area of El Divino and the guys running it were, were great. And at one point they um, they brought me a bottle of champagne in a bucket and whoever I was with went to the toilet and just a load of people walked past and looked at me and were like, is he by himself in the VIP area with a chilled bottle of champagne? Yeah. And I then just never really went clubbing after that ever again. No, you just thought they thought you were one of those... Um we call them, uh, me and my friends call them Grey Goose Wankers. Yeah, yeah 100%. Go <laughs> the to, original. <laughs> they go to a club, they put four quid in each that they've saved all week, and then they all take turns and holding it for Instagram. Now I get embarrassed as well because I get given all this shit for free, yeah. like bottles and bottles of it every week. And I sometimes like, I 
it's just like the novelty wears off. But yeah, one yeah. hand on the bottle, fist. Yeah, a manscape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally. But <laughs> oh man, yeah. So I mean that 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 must be mad that it just grew here all the time and like yeah. I, I've seen it over the year that like the shows get bigger and and then you do Balsonic with fifteen thousand people yeah. like that. I mean, I, I I find a huge difference between even like. A thousand and then jump up to two thousand. It was surreal. Though. And then the, my next jump up will be maybe three and a half. But, and it always feels to me like that's it. Like it can't be bigger. And then it's bigger. And you're like, do you get that feeling as well? Of like, yeah, that one was really surreal because obviously I play big festivals around the world. Um, and you know, you, you, sometimes when you play a main stage, there'll be 10, 15, 20,000 people. But like, when that one happened, like, because it, it, it did, we did that in advance as well. So it wasn't like everyone's turned up on the day. Like, I knew it was going to be about that, that amount of people, but just kind of standing there and being like, yo, there's, it was, I felt quite a lot of pressure, 15,000 people there. It's because, like, if you really think about the stats of here, like, well, there's, like, there's 1.2 million people here. Yeah, so the majority of the city are at the show. Yeah, there's 15,000 people. It's like yeah. one in four people is there. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It was, um, it's very surreal. And, um, Fifteen. Yeah, 000. it's it, it's it's because the park it's in Ormond Park. Yeah, and the park is really wide, but it's not along. So it's yeah. just like you actually in the pictures that I had, you can't get the whole crowd in. So yeah. it's I've got a couple of good photos from it. Like obviously we had a good team there, but there wasn't really one that kind of captures the whole width of it. Unless there, even there's a couple of videos, but it's it's um it's a really hard feeling to explain. Um, and it's something that I'm glad that I've had time off for this year or whatever it's been because. It was getting to the point where I was getting used to it. And I, people will probably find it hard to believe that you just can like, I would get out of bed and like the other side of the world, quickly wake up, have a power nap, go to this gig, stand in front of 10,000 people, then fly to another country. And people say like, oh, you must, adrenaline must be exciting. But it was getting to the point where I was so used to it. It was like, it didn't, I didn't get goosebumps. I didn't get nervous. And I, I, when I first started, I missed that. But like you said earlier about repetition, the manscape thing, when you do it every day, yeah, yeah. you get really used to it. So um, I think when I go back now, I'm going to take a bit of a sit, a step back in my mind and be like, dude, like, look what you've got in front of you. Like, try and get back into that early, younger excitement stage. Um, yeah. Don't get it wrong, I love it, but yeah. I don't get nervous. And I want to be nervous. But those I, those nerves are the best thing. Yes. Like I, when they're at a controllable level, I don't know about you at the start. But I used to have like I'm gonna be sick nerves oh. and like physically shit. So because when you're doing stand up, you're obviously holding a microphone, and that's the main thing you're delivering from your mouth. Yeah. People are looking at you, shaking it's, my it's hand, all, shaking. It's all linked to I'm guessing obviously you're breathing everything when you're nervous. It's all linked to you, you know you're expressing words as well. So that's yeah. actually really hard. I if I'm nervous, I can't. I've actually never really got nervous in general. Maybe in my first couple of gigs, but right. I'm using my hands. Exactly, your hands do shake a little bit. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I, I, that that yeah. was the main thing for me was, I I wouldn't shake at the start of a gig, but if I thought it maybe wasn't going to go well, that's when I would really start to get nervous. And I used to have to, because w- w- when you start doing stand up, if the gig starts at nine, you're there at like seven. But I then learned to no, I'll be there. I'll be there at like a quarter two just so I don't sit there feeling sick. But the nerves kind of went away from me a bit, but always enough that I was like, no, I'm going to make sure I'm on it here. I'm not just going through the motions. But taking that this last like year off, and then I've just started an outdoor tour about three weeks ago, all outdoor shows, and the nerves are back, but 
it's not an alien feeling to me. I'm like, right, the nerves are here. I know that this will probably really keep me on my toes. Do you do drink whilst no. before? No. No. I, the first time I ever got booked a headliner gig was about t- 10, 11 years ago. I started stand-up when I was like 18. So I, I'd only been doing it for a year or two. And I was booked for, do you know Lurgan? Have you, any, have you ever had any dealings in, in Lurgan? Uh, I, I recognise, I think, is this an area? It's a town, yeah, it's a town. I, I think I've drove through it. Um, where is it? Whereabouts? That's what a lot of people do. <laughs> it's, in, it's in Mid-Ulster. It, I mean... Where the, would it be, like, in location to, say, you know, from the city kind of area? Where would it be? From the city, you're maybe talking a 30-minute drive. up. It's just off the motorway. I don't know. It's, north, it's the is, it, is it north of the city, though? or like Yeah. Dan? Got Google Maps, anyone? Yeah, it's sort of like, say, <laughs> I don't know, but... What I know is that I get booked to do my first headline slot and I used to always just wear jeans and a t-shirt, kind of what I wear now to do stand-up, but I thought, oh, I'm not a headliner, so i got to wear a suit. You wore a suit? I was a, like a 20-year-old kid who looked 15. Like you supposed to be in PC World or something. I, I, yeah, I looked, I, looked like I, was, I looked like I was in court, but not for, any, not for anything cool, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I was wearing like uh, this, I bought a Primark suit I wore a suit and uh, I I got I was so nervous I got, I got drunk beforehand and I did my set and I came off and went that's great I'm just always going to get drunk and then all my friends that I know could be honest with me were like Wasn't that's great. the worst set that you've ever that was a disaster but I had that like confidence of being drunk yeah. like after that never never ever I think I think uh, it's it's quite similar in the music world as well is um, without naming names there's, there are artists in the scene that would use uh the excuse of ha- of getting paid and having free booze for example to get fucked before their show yeah yeah but what people don't realize is you're getting people are coming to see you to perform and they're paying good money to see you so don't get it wrong i can get smashed during a set but i still play a good set like yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm it's not my first rodeo you know yeah yeah, like, yeah yeah but if i was uncontrollable when i played terribly like i'm literally ruining my own business of course so i think sometimes people have to understand like you said is business and pleasure like you know there's a balance there's a fine balance of yeah have a few drinks or whatever yeah um you know get smashed or whatever but if it impacts you in any way i think you lose that with like a couple of drinks you lose that split second awareness yeah. of actually this thing isn't working so let me switch it up a bit and do this whereas you had a couple of drinks your reactions are so much slower and yeah no i just i i but like the music world i saw people who would have done it and needed to have a couple of pints before they went yeah. on and I was thinking, say, say I arrive late to a show for whatever reason, and I get in that zone, and then I don't get to have a couple of pints, then I'm not going to feel yeah. like the right per. I, yeah. I, I, no, I just no, because obviously you can't drive. You have got to wait four hours, like you said, for a taxi. <laughs> exactly. Back to, back to your field with your chickens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no, I, I think stand up is one of those things that people think like you guys must all have a load of pints before the show and party after, and it's like it's the most. Uh, like civil scene ever yeah. because now everyone kind of drives and yeah. some of us have kids. It's almost like, you know, you arrive in a decent amount of time beforehand, you sit backstage, talk about your kids and then you do the set and then just go home. And like my goal is to, so if I'm doing like a, by, by, by my numbers, like a big Belfast show, um, I'll, I, my goal is to be home by 10.45. So if the gig ends at quarter past 10, I, if I'm home when match of the day, theme music's starting, that's that's the dream. 
That's see, a dream. See, I wouldn't even uh, have left to go to work at that time. <laughs> yeah. I think I leave it about, I think about, I normally start at 2 a.m. till 4. I mean, that's the main reason why I can't be an international DJ. I yeah. just can't do yeah, the it's hours. Not, uh, it's, um, like, it's definitely not healthy. Let's start this party at 7. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just and nights and, and Dex takeaways playing. You're like, yeah, get home with my korma. <laughs> the ultimate pre-show vibe, Ant and oh, Dex. Yes. I, uh, I was in Vegas on my honeymoon, like, Two, two, three, two and a half years ago, and uh, we were like, you know what? Let's let's go. Let's go and do something we wouldn't normally do. And we went to a pool party in is it Dre's? Is that yeah, Dre's. Yeah, Dre's, yeah. Dre's we, Beach Club. We, it was Polly D's pool party. Oh, we were wow. like, look, this will be a novelty type thing. You know, this will be like it's something we wouldn't do. Let's let's go to it. Like Don't kind think of anyone would do it. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just us and a lot of like American Italian people. So we it was it was due to start at like two p.m. And I was like, guys, it's going to be like pandemonium, like getting into this. So let's leave in good time. At 2, 2 p.m., we were the first ones to get there. And then until like 4, we were the only ones there. Oh, no. And then by the time he started, I was like, I'm knackered in this sun. So we stayed for like just a couple of songs. I can't believe you went all the way to Vegas. There's so many amazing opportunities. <laughs> and you went to Paulie D's pool no, party we did, by we yourself. We Vegas Vegas for Paulie D. Of, <laughs> did you have a bottle of champagne by yourself again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody went back to the hotel. Yeah. Well, it was just it was just me and Polly Day on the decks, and that's yeah, that. They were mate, the only two it's people. In the, the biggest venue. crowd he's ever played to as well. <laughs> <laughs> what I like is his commitment that he's like you know the hair you know from the show at the time maybe slick Rick yeah and people you know people people move with the times yeah. and he he's like no this works and we're rolling with it we're staying I with actually, this. Um, I was like dating some bird at some point. I thought you were about to say you were dating Polly D. I was like, I was that's dating explosive. Polly. Well, you know, yeah, <laughs> holes are goal and all that. <laughs> but no, it was serious. I, I, I met some, um, I, I kind of met some girl, I was getting with some girl years ago, like in Miami. And um, yeah, that was her ex was, was Polly D. And he actually DM'd her whilst I was sat with her. And I was like, oh, right. So I'm, I'm getting patched for Paulie D. Am I great? He's like, did I leave any jail at your house? Yeah, uh, send it over. Yeah, yeah. Is your mate there? Because we need someone else to come to my set because no one else turns up. But um, no. See the the sort of, you know, talking about like Vegas and, and playing all around the world and stuff. Like that lifestyle, how different is that to how people would think the lifestyle of a DJ is? Like I imagine it's like, yeah. It's a lot of sitting around during the day, and, and and then like you say, like late at night, you just go really hard. It, yeah, it, I think it depends. I'm sure you can relate to this. Is like there's different stages in anyone's career. So you've got the kid that plays in his bedroom that tells his mates he's a, a superstar and puts his hand in the mirror and put, closes his eyes and imagines he's in front of a crowd. We've all been there. I was there. We all start there. You've then got a DJ that gets one or two gigs and tells everyone he's a pro. And he's, you know, he's Martin Garrix and then, you know, but he's, he's still got a full-time job um, and wishes he was, you know, doing it as a career. That was me as well. I literally, there was a point where I was playing a lot in India on the weekends for a few hundred quid. This is mad. Like I was getting like four hundred. India at the weekends? Yep. So I, I, I used to, I, I used to, I, first of all, I was a bin man when I was a kid, right? That's one of my jobs as a bin man. Believe it or not, from bin man to superstar DJ. <laughs> then I uh, worked in Comet, which was basically like curries, sold PCs, yeah. washing machines, you name it. If you wanted a fridge freezer, I'm your man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kettle? You just want kettle, the kettle? Kettle, <laughs> manscape. Yeah. You know, I, I, I do everything. I swear to you, I swear on my mum's life, like eight years ago, I would, on the weekend, fly to Goa in India or Delhi, whatever, play for a few hundred quid, just cover my flight cost. And by Monday, I was back selling warranties in, in, in work. 
And that must have sounded to your co-workers like a lie yeah. when it wasn't. They were like, no, you get up to much this weekend? <laughs> yeah. And I was, and I was you know, having songs that were doing really well in the trance charts and stuff and, you know, and all that. And the people don't realize is 99.9% of people that make music, DJ, whatever, ain't got no money. They think yeah. they have, but since vinyl got stopped being bought, you know, and everyone now goes on Spotify, you get like 0.0001p a sale. So it's very, very hard to survive. And the only way to make a profitable career is by ticket sales like you said earlier luckily here when you've got fifteen thousand people yeah. paying 30 quid it adds up to millions or whatever it you know half a million whatever so i mean lucky that i get busy and booked because i sell tickets and selling tickets equals revenue for clubs or festivals and then they've got a lot of money to give you in return and yep. that's that's the way but unfortunately nowadays there's so many talented people that you know probably sat at home and can play amazing songs on the on keyboard and piano and sit there writing all these melodies and stuff but if they can't if they're shy reserved and they can't market themselves or sell tickets unfortunately they won't be in a position that someone like i'm in it and that's what is a shame nowadays is people that are super talented don't always get a chance as they should and um that's one thing i try to encourage a lot of my friends nowadays i really try and support my friends is mate just don't be shy. Get out there. Market yourself. Be, you know, be, have something different. When you go into Tesco and you look on the shelf, you know what Coca-Cola looks like. You know what to look for. You know what you know Red Bull looks like. They've got a marketplace. You need to know what you're looking at and have your own lane. And, and unfortunately, that's not always the case. Like, like you say, for you, that was like the video stuff, like putting out that video yeah, stuff. And, and I had I had quite a, like a rock and roll. When I was younger, I was a bit like controversial, a bit more like of a lad. Um, and I was and I was true to myself. I was like that. Obviously, I've grown up a bit more now. Um, so the chickens and the stuff are there. I'm yeah. still mental. I still yeah. have a laugh with everyone, but uh, I'm a bit more aware of you know who I am and I've learned stuff. But like you said, was asking is um, in terms of what people think the lifestyle is like. Once you get, like I said, after the stage of the going away on the weekend and going back to a, jo- a full time job, the next stage from there is full time and being you know earning a lot of money. Um, but it doesn't all become great and life changes because for 10 years I legitimately was on an airplane every day and I was living in I would I'd land this is how it started on a, on a Thursday I'd fly abroad um I'd land I'd be jet lagged I'd be on the other side of the world I'd sleep all day I'd wake up perform probably get really wrecked with my mates then probably get an hour's sleep get on a plane straight to the airport hungover to another country do the same again repeat and I'll probably do that nonstop for four days in a row, get home, sleep for three days. During this time, I, hang, I haven't recovered from jet lag. Yeah, I haven't got yeah. time to see family. And obviously I hadn't had time to have a girlfriend at that point. So from there, I then, on the Thursday, go back, do the same again. And we worked out for 10 years. I never actually, it takes 30 days to recover from, from jet lag. Yeah. I'd never been home longer than a week. So for 10 years, I've been jet lagged. So it's almost like, you know when you see, you see someone on like they they drink a Red Bull uh, and then they have like a, sh- a crash, but then they just drink like another one. That's yeah. kind of what that is. like you you were just delaying yeah. like that it, that, it, that it, rest. And and the thing is because obviously because I've been doing it for so long, you've got friends in every city. So the minute you land, they want to drink, catch up, and it's just a cycle where you're continuously. Don't get me wrong. Everyone probably would sat in now going, yeah, but you make loads of money. But it, it like happiness. It's all good to have money or whatever, but if you haven't got time to spend it, yeah, or you haven't yeah, got yeah. friends at home to see or family to see or people to share it with, then it can all be. It's all great having the money, but like you know, when when do you stop? And that was when I probably friends said to me, Ben, you need to chill, like yeah, calm yeah. down, because I'm uh, very business minded and very like determined to be successful. 
I didn't want to stop. Yeah, but yeah. at what cost? You worry about, don't you? About you know maybe losing relevance, losing or, your position. Yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah. And 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 you, you, then you realize that actually, like when you take that rest and you take that break, you yeah. you're so much stronger because of it. But I wanted to ask you about. Um, I, so I, I watched the Avicii documentary a couple of years well, ago. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, and uh, in terms of lifestyle, I mean like you say everyone thinks you're just having a party all the time and it's yeah. great yeah. but um and that's what i would have thought that that lifestyle was like yeah. then i watched that documentary if anyone hasn't seen it i think it's still on bbc i player you need to see it. everyone needs to see that documentary it, it, yeah. one of the most sad yet yeah. i mean a brilliant documentary but one of the most like harrowing things i've yeah. ever seen yeah. and, and and the bit that you know because listen when i go on the road it's a lot more obviously of a chill thing i'm playing like if I go away to like America, it's very intimate shows. It's small shows, so, yeah. um, and I, I'm kind of doing everything myself. I'm not doing any press. I have that luxury of I go somewhere, play a show to forty people in like Boston, and then my time's my own. Yeah. But when you're at that level and, and in the dance music world, that that scene where he is sort of like giving a press interview in the back of a car and his eyes roll in the back of his head. Yeah. He's asked for time off for medical reasons. He's been told. This is going to cost this amount of money. I mean, yeah. you you would hope that if you say I need some time off for medical reasons, mm. money isn't an issue. Take as long as you need. But yeah. he was just in that cycle, yeah. like you're talking about. Of go to a place, do a show, party. Go to a place, do a show, party. And uh, was that like? Did things change in the industry after that? Well, it's a really good point actually, because. Um First of all, everything that you see in that is genuine. Like, um, yeah. there was a lot of other things that I personally didn't know of Ichi, but all my friends did. I was the time that he was kind of big. I hadn't quite made the like main stage kind of shows yet, so I never knew him. But I know all of his friends and um, all, all of my other friends, like especially people like you know, Armin Van Buren and those kind of guys that I'm friends with. They all taught a lot with him, so I've learned a lot about him. But um, he, yeah, like he was kind of manufactured in terms of he was an amazing producer of music and he had someone come up to him and say, I can't remember the manager's name and I'll probably leave it out anyway, but he basically said, I'm going to make you a star. I'm going to make you loads of money and you're going to tour. He was kind of pushed into what he did. Um, and if you watch the documentary, I, I really urge anyone, even if you're not into music, yeah. like it's really, it's quite, it's a sad story is he was urged to at every moment and pushed to the end, but he was a nervous person. He didn't like touring and he's drunk to cope with it. And um, he just was just a, he he just listens to people as a yes man, but he didn't want to stop. The thing with me is I really relate to the loneliness he had on tour. I think in the documentary he says I don't really know who I am because yeah. he's just like doing all this stuff, but he hasn't sat in, in a room and had like a month to himself. So I, I I definitely relate to that. And until lockdown came, I I felt very similar. Um, and I feel that like he. I can make my own decisions. So I have an agent, but I have a very close team. Like everyone, normally people have management involved. It's mainly for people that um, struggle, um, you know, making decisions. I think you don't need a manager always, you know, you can have an agent, but and a manager you don't always need. But he had someone who did everything for him. And I feel that he was just following orders. Um, whereas I'm quite strong. If someone tells me to do something, I don't want to do it. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I don't want to do it. So I was, I was my own worst enemy. I forced myself to do stuff because I want to be successful. Yeah. Avicii, on the other hand, was doing stuff because he was forced and told to do it, but he didn't want to do it. Yeah. And, that's, and that's the thing is, um, I think that's, it was, it's a very sad story. And um, we've actually, 
we've got kind of a private thing going on with a lot of DJs where we have um, a community of, of the biggest names in the world. We're all in this group. Um, I won't mention names because it's obviously yeah, like confidential and stuff. But yeah. um, they're, 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 they've been great. And we, we speak every two or three weeks um, about issues, you know, related to other DJs. Like, hey, are you feeling all right? You know, if you're ever down. Because we had another guy called Io from America. He, um, his real name is Garrett. And he sadly took his life as well because he just couldn't deal with the, um, yeah, he had just had some kind of issues going on. Um, we think it was actually related to his thyroid when he actually did die. But regardless of that, he was going through a hard time and it's another, a death that wasn't needed. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm one of those ones, like you say, like if, if, if you have like an issue, like even something as trivial as like if you had like a, I don't know, a dental problem or something that you yeah. just need like a week to go and take care of. You can't, you can't, you're locked into yeah. all to this schedule yeah. and yeah. it's like, you can't, you can't come off. Yeah. That. So and a lot of time if it's, it's a bigger problem, it's down to yourself a lot of time as well. Like the thing is, if when you come from most average people are need work, they want to DJ. They, if they could play more, they would, they are only getting one show a month. But when you're getting like, when you're doing 12 international cities a month, yeah, like you then still have the same mentality from when you're a kid, like, Oh, I need more work. But you don't need more work. You need to slow down, mate. Yeah, and that's yeah, the problem yeah. I was doing is, um, like some weekends I'd be like Australia on a Friday, Saturday. On the Monday I fly to Malaysia. Then I go straight to America from there. Like it's, um, I don't think there was anyone in the world at one point that was doing that kind of, oh, it was ridiculous. Like yeah, yeah. really was ridiculous. And yeah, it's, it's helped me live a nice life and I'm sure I could stop working now and, you know, farm chickens and yeah. you, know, you know do a bit of work with manscape or something and yeah but regardless you know I'm, I'm in a very lucky position and that's paved the way for me to be able to retire or whatever at any point but at what cost like i probably wouldn't have stopped if covid hadn't come well that that, that leads me on to exactly what i wanted to ask you were you when you started to hear look this we're going to maybe push this back because at the start that's all it was from yeah. from promo- promoters and stuff just going to delay this a month and then it was another month. You're waiting for the reschedule of the reschedule of the rescheduled show. Exactly. Yeah. Did you have like big fear at the start of that, that, oh no, everything slowed down? Mm. Or did you straight away see that as an opportunity for actually I can just relax for a while? Yeah, everyone, that, uh, everyone that's around me said it was the best thing that happened to me in a, in a try, by being a positive. Obviously this pandemic's yeah. been really bad. Um, as, as you'll know more than anyone, the hospitality industry got left really, really hurt. Um, yeah. Some of our favorite clubs have, gone for you know forever um you know there's, there's festivals that have had to cancel and there's no certainty and and even even today as we sat here i mean i think in two weeks or two three weeks that everything's in england specifically yeah. it's going to reopen and from what they've said it, I, it would definitely i'm pretty i'm 90 percent sure don't hold me to this yeah I'm no you've sure. said it now <laughs> and northern ireland, northern ireland is always a few weeks behind so northern ireland will follow um obviously scotland wales as well but i'm just a little bit it was a bit weird at the start because it's just you just everyone was forced to stop, and when you were going mad for you know a long time, just stopping is is weird. But um, yeah. I seriously embraced it. Like I got on a I got I'm into the gym and stuff, so I got into like a good diet. I was dieting, I lost loads of weight in a good way, um, and um, yeah, I, I'm just quite. A, I had to stay busy. I'm I, I basically think I'm a day trader at the moment on stock market. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I, I think I'm Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> I'm sat there every day on my phone. Yesterday, the old crypto. Yesterday, right? Um, another Northern Irish lad, Greg Downey, never DJ. He's he was staying at my house for the last two days. He's making a song, and um, my my I get an alert on my phone. Um, Cardano's dipped on on crypto like a big dip. So I put him over on the motorway, mate. Let's buy the dip. Let's buy the dip. 
I'm sat there buying the dip, mate, on the motorway because crypto. That is what my life has got to right now. Buying yeah. the dip sounds like cold. You know what I mean? Yeah. Buying the dip but sounds like sounds what, a bit what like a, maybe do. like a kind of prostitution <laughs> yeah. act, like buying someone's dip. But driving around looking for the dip. Yes, yeah. looking for the, the double dip, whatever. But um, I've I've really enjoyed um, getting into. I like, I'm really enjoying doing investments, so property um, and things like crypto, stocks, uh, jewelry, anything like that. And um, that keeps just me busy. And um, yeah, I've really enjoyed doing like doing like stocks and stuff like that but don't if you listen to this don't think that it's the end or i've researched a lot i've got a lot of friends in in who do this as a living so it's um it's it's not what it seems but um i've, I've done quite well from it to be fair i enjoy it yeah and are you far like you know when you say like the chickens stuff like that like are you farming like are you touching wildlife and stuff <laughs> not I'm, in that way but are you <laughs> yeah like... i'm touching wildlife <laughs> epstein yeah no no, no animals were harmed in the making of this. Nicky's Island. Yeah, Nicky, oh, mate, that's it. Yeah, Prince Charles comes around, touches the rabbits. It's great. <laughs> yeah. We're probably going to get censored now. Yeah. No, 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 100%. There's no, a hit not. on you as we speak. Yeah, 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 yeah. There probably is. No, but are um, you like, you like, you know, you like, are you mucking stuff out? Well, my mum and dad live in Cornwall. Uh, nice, in England, nice part of the world. Lovely, yeah. obviously, you know. And um, they, have chick- uh, they have chickens, dogs, um, live in a quite a countryish house. So I think that's why I kind of wanted to do that here is I kind of like you always go back to your roots. And um, yeah, we've got in my garden, people who might see who follow me on Instagram would have seen that I've always got like 12 rabbits on me lawn. And as much as they're beautiful, I'm starting to get pissed off because I've got a ride on lawnmower and they're making holes in, they're burying holes in my garden and yeah. I'm nearly falling off my lawnmower. Yeah. Um, obviously my garden who does most of it is not happy. <laughs> so the other day I, I thought, you know what? I hate these rabbits. They're pissing me off. But then I saw a seagull come down and pick one up and bite its head off. Yeah, so, so, I, mean, I swear my life, I've even got it on video. And I then felt bad for the rabbits. So I'm kind of in a predicament right now is, is do I get like an excavator in to get rid of the, the burrows or why, do I just leave it? Why are Northern Irish seagulls putting out heads on people? Like that sound, that's, Mate, that's it, a... It's, it's heavy. Punishment piece. I swear. And then two days ago, I was coming back from the gym and um, one of my friends was at, one of my friends was at my house just looking after my house and um, filmed uh, one of the local cats then came in and these cats in Northern Ireland are on steroids yeah 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 like this ain't no cat that you have in England these yeah. are like, like a tigers yeah Lambert and Butler Lambert yeah, and Butler Buckfast <laughs> going mental right I walk in and, and there's there was a cat has also killed a rabbit down my drive just has, has gone for it and killed this little baby rabbit so you started this by saying like the rabbits are starting to annoy you it sounds like you're you're getting hits done on the rabbits you're just yeah. like some sort of animal you're like Dr. Doolittle yeah, speaking yeah. to the animals being like listen take care of this like, piece of shit rabbit mate I mean they've done me a, they've done a, they've done me a solid really yeah 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 but um what's next after that you well, know well the I mean? only other things I've got going on we've got a couple of badgers yeah. and I've got a dog my dog's called Ada it's, oh, I've no. only had my dog like six months my dog's like a puppy but a legend um, and the dog chases the rabbits in the morning in a good way, like they're like mates, basically. Right. Like, you know, they, they text each other and meet up at the top. Good <laughs> yeah, and, and they love it. But um, yeah, it's just, it's just I do want to get chickens, but after, after seeing what's been happening to the, uh, with, the, with the seagulls and all that, I'm yeah, a bit worried yeah. they're going to get, you know, like you said, sent to Nando's and yeah. shipped off. <laughs> I um, at, at the start of lockdown, when stand-up went, you know, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, this is all I have been doing for the for the last decade basically like it's it's it, it's my life like i am a stand-up probably before anything else and um 
an outlet I was really lucky to have was uh, at, a, at like a radio show on, on BBC Radio Ulster. And, and we would have done like, you know, chat on the show, like comedy chat. Me and my friend Dave hosted, played like very eclectic music, like I like Motown, rap, nice. rock, like a load of different stuff. And uh, and then at the start of lockdown, once the weather got good, so we, we used to do these like 12-week runs on air. And the first episode of the series, it was like 20-odd degrees. I don't know if you remember, like last, like May, April or May, there was like a period, everyone was painting their fence. There was a period of like three days where it went crazy. So I, I just emailed the bosses of the show and said, look, I know it's a little bit of a gear change, but it doesn't feel right to do the normal show at the minute. So is there any way I could just do like an old school dance show as a one-off um, and play all the songs I used to like when I was yeah. a kid? And they said like, yeah, we can see how it goes, you know, if it's a one-off. Um so we did like Mr. Vean, No Limits, okay. uh, Sandstorm, the sort of stuff that like in the mid 90s, like when I was a kid, 90s. people were playing in their garden. The 90s club lands. Yeah. You know when the yeah. weather was good and you were just... 9pm to like um, Cafe Del Mar, Silence, you know, all And that. you had a wee Calypso in the garden. You were a kid or you go on holiday and you were like, that's, that's Cal- the music. Calippo. Calippo? It was in a tube and you squeeze it out. I've been saying Calypso for my entire... Is it cal- no, Calypso is the drink. Ah. In a, you get a straw in it, you know, like a. Yeah. I think you call it a juice pack over here, or is that yeah. in America they call it a juice? Because someone calls it a juice pack. Right. But yeah, Clip, Clippo is a legendary one. It was Calippo. because you you were getting value for money over Clippo. Yeah. It wasn't like a fab where you eat it and it's yeah. gone. It's a. It took about a year to get it out. It's a lolliana drink because you got the ice lolly At and the then end. you thought that was done and then you go, oh, what's this in here? And then then it's juice, you know. Yes. So that the, our show tried to be the physical embodiment of of a, a, a Clippo. Amazing. And. Uh, and we did it as a one-off, and we used to get like I don't know, six, seven emails and texts in our show that we did, and uh, and all of a sudden it just it just went nuts. It just went nuts, and everybody seemed to be in their garden, having a beer, listening to it at the same time. So then the next week we were like, we'll do this like one more time and see how it goes. We ended up doing it for the twelve weeks, and it was the most fun I've had on anything that wasn't stand-up. You know, I like doing sketches and acting, doing different things. But this just, every Friday night, it just became but this you know, But thing. that is exactly why we, like we spoke earlier about the, how, it, for me, getting started and getting bigger here. That is exactly it, is because people here, I think everyone, or even dads, mums and dads here, all grew up on that. And there was yeah. never everyone that capitalized on that now. Yeah, exactly. And when you bring it back now, everyone's like, oh he's going to be playing that music or oh you're playing it on the radio like yeah. that is it and there's a very good marketplace for that and I feel someone can fill that place it's, it's the, easy the best thing was it was like you know people in their early 30s up to their 50s yeah. but then the the kids they, they were messaging the show being like my kids never heard uh, Bobby Brown to play that game or something Shame. but he loves it yeah. and then so then it became this like family type thing and we ended up doing a TV version of it on St. Patrick's Day. We did like, it was called the, we called it the Rave Lockdown. And it just, it was just like the happiest time I've had doing something that wasn't yeah, stand up. Can you slow down a bit? Cause I'm out of a job soon, mate. <laughs> like, well, please. that's the thing. Yeah. I thought because I was like, so Dan produced the show for, for BBC. And I thought because I was at the start of a week sending him a list of these songs. Um, I thought I was a DJ. I thought I was not you a DJ. You are. But on the show, I don't touch any. I just speak into a microphone. And, uh, a couple of places like Kelly's and a few others contacted us and said, because 
we used to tongue in cheek on the show say like we're going to do a big live tour after you, this. You theoretically could though. But then that's the thing I couldn't because I thought about the reality of it and I can't bring anything to it. I can't just well, like do, do a show what, and then stand there. I can't just stand you there. You do what, like I said, no names involved. A few DJs do. <laughs> Press play and it says 60 minutes remaining and you pretend you're doing shit, which luckily none of us boys in my world do that. But there are DJs out there that literally will turn up, <laughs> press play, put now 39 on or whatever it is and go mental to Spice Girls for an hour. And, and yeah. one, one of the best things probably when you're doing that is the headphones up to the ear, but just one headphone on. Oh, yeah. You know, like that's... See, that's something as well. People think that you have to have one headphone on to mix. Um, <laughs> there's actually different ways. Like, I'll, t- I'll explain the, the quick way of what it is. Yeah. When you're, when you're DJing, you've got what, you're listening on one ear to the music playing live. Yeah. And the other ear is listening to the track that you're getting ready. Okay. And, when you, and what you do is you release it in time and basically using this like little wheel to go back and forward. So basically, one ear is hearing one, one ear is hearing the other one. And when they kind of sync in your ear perfectly... You beat matching, right? Right. But what I do is I actually put both head in the headphones. I have both tracks together, and I can hear them in the headphones if they're together. Yeah, um, yep. there's different ways. Everyone loves loves certain ways of doing it. But um, but I think you've got a thriving career ahead, and, and yeah. maybe we'll get you on Belsonic so. at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could open. I could. Me and my mate Dave could open now. Someone will play the music, and we can just give people shoutouts, which is what we did on the show. Um, yeah. But it was it was just so much fun, and I think what. I was always thinking about was what kind of got me into to love and dance music a lot was no joke Kevin and Perry Kevin go and Perry large. large. Are you were gonna say that? Are you, are you gonna say that? Hundred percent. That like you at the time that I mean I, I love Kevin and Perry at the time I loved that sketch show, but when the movie came out, that just added so much more of a exactly thing to it. I must watch that again. I'm, that I'm literally that was. Um, and I think there's a lot of other people say saying that that was when I was about I don't know how old I was between eight and ten or something. Yeah. Went to the cinema, watched it. Um, actually, I think I should have been allowed to watch it at that age because there's a little bit of nudity in it. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I absolutely that that when I heard that kind of music, I was like, this music makes me feel a certain way, but I don't know what, and um, it yeah. made me happy. And then ironically, um, the track Ayla did a little yeah, yeah, yeah. track in there. I then did a big remix of that with my friend Luke. Um, that went really viral as well, and and that was probably a, that's one of the biggest songs I'm known for. And then my dog's called Ayla because oh, okay. of that track, which is back from Kevin and Perry. So my Kevin and Perry actually relates to why my dog is called Ayla. You should call the two only surviving rabbits, Kevin and Perry. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not going to be next actually. week. It might just be Perry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a hit on one already. But I, I just, I just think dance music in general, like, is is just the 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 most escapism type type music. Yeah. Because during that time of lockdown, like I had a baby during lockdown, and we were like kind of like stressed about that. Like it was a, it was a weird time. But then when we were doing that show and we had that music in our headphones, that's the best music for just taking you to like a summer holiday you went on when you were a kid or whatever. Yeah. Like it is just yeah. the the most feel good type. They of music. call it, um, sometimes some because I, I play all types of music, but some of the um, the music that I play, people say it's waltzes music. You know, like when you go on to like oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. fairground, then it's yeah, like, yeah. here we go, 50 Peter Ride, all this yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. It's like, by the way, that's probably what I'll end up doing in about 10 years. The guy on the microphone yeah. at the Walters, um, I was in Donegal. We used to do this on the radio show. Uh, I was in Donegal whenever I was like eight or nine, uh, and it was, it was the Walters. And uh, there was a guy on the mic, just like a local guy, middle aged guy, 
and there was no real need for him to to be talking, but he was playing the likes of I don't know Sandstorm or something, yeah. and then he would pop up every while in the microphone, and like there wasn't that many people there, and the ride wasn't that fast, but the guy was on the mic saying things like faster, faster for the master blaster, yes, and and it wasn't fast at all. That was the thing, and it didn't get faster. Well, rumours have it that that's what Paulie D's doing. Yeah. And the crowd's doubled. In, in Bondoran and Donegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. At one point, the guy went, do you like hardcore? And everyone's like, well, no, we're children. Not yeah. really. So, so do you know what? Like, what's, what's been really good, actually, and, and someone that's playing over here is, um, like, obviously growing up with Scooter, and now Scooter, and I've, I've toured quite a lot with Scooter, and um, just seeing, like, they're the, one of the DJ, like one of the acts that you hate to admit that you want to go and see, but, I mean, like, they're, they're just they're just so funny and, and legendary and i think the fact when he gets to the mic and is like you know is it a bird is it a plane though no, it's dave on a train like yeah. all these ridiculous respect to the man on the ice cream in the man. Man. yeah like that just makes it what it is like it would be boring without him saying that like it's just classic but right? i think you know he's just like plucked out from thin air and it's iconic and i think so much is going on with you at the minute like I think if you just got onto the mic and halfway through a song you just shouted a pigeon came down and bit the head off my rabbit Yeah, oh. I think people would then start to quote that yeah, yeah. you need to fire that in I, just I, things I, you've observed living here you know um, I also I also want to just give a big up to the man's hairdresser because I've not seen bleached hair stay that how is his hair not falling out he's had the most peroxide like he's gone to B&Q and gone the strongest like fertilizer and gone like that I think he just like because that guy's been around since I've been about nine and he doesn't look old I think he must Botox the hell he's got no I think he just gets frozen in between shows you know I think they keep him in a freezer no, it's not cryptocurrency, it's crypto. What's it called when you freeze something? It's, cri- it's cri- cryogenic, cryogenic, cry- cryogenically yeah, yeah, frozen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. really good for you. Yeah, but that, I mean, he'll be, he'll be, he'll outlive us all. He'll do you, outlive do us you all. do any, um, like, mental... They're Botox? <laughs> no. no, but do you do anything mental, like, in terms of, like, um, like health, like, ice baths or anything like that to try and, like... Because like, I, there's something else that I really like, I want to ask you, is, like, I I'm do. into longevity. Obviously, the things that I've done on tour definitely are not going to help me with longevity. Yeah, from flying, partying, doing everything that's stupid. But trying to reverse that is: have you ever studied? Because a lot of podcasts I've watched are about things like longevity and yeah. living longer, health. Have you done? Have you tried anything like that? Well, I I got into like you know like the, I like not ice baths, but like ice cold showers. I got into that a couple of years ago, and I can only have an ice cold shower now. Love that! Like in the morning, of like a freezing cold shower. But, like, the guys are giving me a bit of shit. Like, I'll get into, like, fads to just try, like, bone broth. Like, I was running about buying oh, yeah. bones from guys in car boots. You <laughs> know what I mean? Some rabbit bones, if you're interested. <laughs> yeah, I'll take, I'll take those off your hands. Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, like, I love, like, health and fitness and stuff. And I, I love, like, when I go away to do gigs, that's what I love to do. Like, find a gym and stick my headphones on and do that kind of thing. What kind of hotels do you get on, on uh, do comedians get? Are you getting like travel lodge, like the back room with like, you know, someone banging next door and- One know. level up. Okay, if there's good, 10 good, levels, good, good. one level above that. Go on. Like they will say- A jury's in. Yeah, the equivalent of a jury's in in America. And they'll say, that what, I, what usually happens is they'll send me the accommodation and I'll say, I'll, I'll book my own. It's all good. Yeah, thank thank it, you, take but- Take a buy out. I'll, I'll do my own. Yeah. Uh, but then the first time I did- my own like little tour of it. I did Boston, Philadelphia, Chicago, New York. And uh, as soon as I arrived in Boston, I was like, gonna work out, gonna do this every day, work out, do my show. Yeah. And uh, I got like a, you know, like the balls in the gym that you slam down. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna do a few of those. As soon as I arrived in Boston, felt great. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a show. But like that always 
blows my mind like no matter how many people are there like I'm doing a show here yeah, people amazing. are going to pay to see it and uh, I got one of the balls walked into the gym I was like I'm an on the road artist and uh, I got like a heavy ball and slammed it but it, it wasn't one of the like dead weight balls you know what I mean so yeah, it was yeah. just like a basketball oh, it went through the roof or something did it? no 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 it, well, I, well I was following it down to pick it back up so I slammed it down as hard as I could I had big bluetooth headphones on I slammed it down as hard as I could and it just came back up sparked me out like took me off my feet what? knocked me out blood I, I, I put this on my Instagram story at the time blood everywhere and it dazed me that much that I like went looking for the guy who did it you know what I mean I was like I've been attacked uh, forgetting that it was just me that had done it so when I'm away, I like to do like health and fitness stuff, but I don't always do it right. Well, but, like, it's the thought that counts. Yeah, that's um, that I, I think as well. Like I'm the same. I always try and make sure that the hotel's got a real nice gym in it, stuff like that. Yeah. But um, I've, I'm the opposite. I I think that's now I'm gonna try and replace when I go away with like partying as much and stuff like that is to make sure that I train to get the, those adrenaline endorphins because like yeah, I think that helps you be in a more stable place when you're abroad by yourself. Yeah. And do you know what I like to do? This, this is just a little personal touch I like to do. Whenever I'm flying home from somewhere, if I'm doing a gig, I, I don't really drink much at all, but when I'm flying home and I'm in the airport, I get myself there in like in quite good time, not like really early for the flight, and I find the closest like bar to the gate, and I have a nice glass, I have a large glass of red wine. Oh, go on, baller. Large glass of red wine. See, this uh, is the... Um, that's what I like. This is the... That's the diva part of being a... Mm-hmm busy dj as you get you know it, like it's it's you know when you see everyone that's like posting on them first class and all that i do that every week but like i get embarrassed to post about it sometimes because it is so over the top like you have like yeah when you when you do emirates first class you have a chauffeur come pick up from your house oh uh, okay so they send someone to come as long as you live in 100 miles they pick you up from your home yeah. take you to the thingy and then you like it's just like you're getting in you've got like a cabin you've got a door that shuts you've got like all this rubbish well, I, I took one of my mates once and i i I had, um, I, cause I got a lot of air miles on my, on my credit card. I, um, had a free pass. So I, could, I was flying business and I could take a friend with me for business as well. And, um, he was, he was stealing everything. <laughs> he was stealing the eye masks, uh, the slippers, uh, you get, when you're in, um, Qantas, uh, is it Qantas or BA first class, you get your own dressing gown, pajamas. They even embroider it if you got, like if you're a diamond member or something. Yeah. Like if, if you're like in, in the top 1% or something, you can get occasionally they'll give you something really custom. My mate was stealing everything. I was like, D- "Dude!" And um, we were in the lap, like the first class lounge at the start. And um, you know, I- obviously, I'm used to doing this every week, so I, I don't touch the alcohol. But there's free bar, right? Caviar, yeah, lobster, yeah, yeah. all this bollocks. I'm there, just like, have a peppermint tea, please, and a-, and a hobnob. That's all I want. I'm happy. I mean, my mate's like, baller. I-, I swear to God, this is true. We we're on the way to a beefer, actually. I was like, my mate was like, Ben, is this? He comes from a council estate. Like he'd never experienced anything like this before. Like he, he- humble beginnings. He was like, is all this free? I was like, yeah. I was like, but you don't just go and take it all because like you just, you know, it, 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 you know, you don't need it. Yeah. Uh, he goes, I'll tell you what, get on the plane. I'll meet you in about half an hour. And I was like, where the hell are you going? He's like, just, don't worry about it, man. So he, I get onto the plane. Obviously we're sat at the front, business, whatever, uh, enjoying it. And I look out the window, you know, you can see the runway. Yeah. And I look and he's walking towards the runway. I swear, <laughs> I swear to God. He's walking, you know, when you're going to tell you where to walk on the plane, he's walking towards the runway and he's got some security guard going, nah, mate, now nah, what are you doing? I get on the plane and um, he's gone, oh, mate, you know, I, I've only got this opportunity once, Ben, but I, I've got five bottles of gin in my bag that I've nicked from the bar. And I was like, what do you mean? The, the ones that were out that you can pour yourself? He's like, mate, I've just, he said it's free. 
there's no signs that say you can't take it with you like it's free yeah and i was like okay now now the shabby mentality is coming out of my mates not only that as we take off he stood next to me and he's as he's gone up he's just puked all up the side of the airplane and the air hostess has come along like during us going up and has gone you know, you've been sick, and he's pointing at it and going, "Now nah, that was there before." And it, I swear, it was, it was, it was dripping down the side. I, I swear, and and he's like, "No, nah, it was, it was there before." Can I just say, what's crazy about that is Dan a couple of weeks ago on the podcast was flying home from China, right? I was just sick getting onto an airplane, and again, your friend's mentality. Someone watched him be sick and said, "You've been sick," and he was like, "No." Nah. Nah. That was there. It's quite humiliating because it's like, you know, I can imagine if you piss yourself, not that I piss myself. Yeah. Not today anyway. Yeah. Like, you kind of just don't want to admit it to yourself. You're like, nah, nah, yeah. I didn't do anything. Yeah, just complete denial. Yeah. What's the, you know, you've done thousands upon thousands of gigs. What's the, like, wildest time you've ever had? Like, whether it was being booked for something that wasn't what you thought it was okay. going to be or, like, what, what's been, if you could pick one, like, really oh. mad experience? It's really hard because obviously like, you know, turning up to music festivals, playing thousands is amazing, but I've done some really weird things. Like, I don't know if there's one specifically, but like I've, I got booked to play in a South American country. I won't even mention where, cause it'll be obvious where, but um, some like cartel leader wanted us to come play the after party after the show. And we were in the middle of some like jungle. Um, and there was about 3000 people in this like big, well, maybe, I don't know, a couple of thousand people in this mansion. And I was just playing in this little room at the front and I had some like really heavy guys like looking like, you better start playing. And yeah. I was like, yep, yeah, no yeah. worries. Um, that was really, really mad experience. Um, I ended up being there for about three days. I don't know what happened, but it, it was, oh, but, as you can appreciate with anyone the cartel, it's a good time. You joined the cartel yeah, yourself. You and... Um, and I've done a quite a lot of, um, I did a wedding in Thailand. Um, like I get people like, messaging me saying, would you ever do a wedding? And I was, I'm like, no, absolutely not. But this guy was like a multi-billionaire or whatever, and he, he made it like a nice offer. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And um, there was all these like Thai pop stars and that. And um, it was really, really weird experience. Um, but the one that I do enjoy doing is I do a lot of um, boat parties for certain people, like certain well-known people in Australia, uh, in Sydney. And I really enjoy them because they're just like, it's just mental. It's like, you know, when you see like, who's that, who's that, uh, that freak? that um, Dan Bilzerian. Yeah. He's, a, he's actually quite good friends of one of my mates, Steve Aoki. So, like, he's not a freak, but he's a bit of a madman. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a bit like that. You go and do boat parties. It's like, you know, girls, like, you know, ta- you know, who have probably, like, had to hook up with a 90-year-old man to get on the yacht, <laughs> who are then, like, living their best life. And it's all like that. And it's, yeah. um, it's, um, it's some, wild, some different wild experiences. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's normally traditionally would be clubs and festivals, but there are one or two where you, um, you know, someone else would do something man. really cool. But... I, 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 I want to do some mad stuff. My friend did a hot air balloon set recently. So he like he just he, he streamed it. Um, so that was quite cool. Um, and I, I'd, I'd want to be one of the first to do space. I think that's my, is, is one like. That's a local nightclub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's in Lorgan. Sp- there's one in my Yeah. Um, I think I'm one of, the, one of the first people to, um, they did um, a zero gravity gig. I saw a few DJs do zero gravity. Class. Where they ha- play, the plane drops and then you just, like that, and you, and you, uh, you they're DJing it. Um, but you're talking like Elon Musk brings you up. I'm talking like just on the atmosphere. Like, because I think you can do Australia in about two or three years. I think SpaceX, isn't it? With Tesla, whatever. They've, they've, they've made it like a flight that goes out of the atmosphere and back down. So you, do so you could say you've been to, you can yeah, say you've been to Yeah, I think Australia space. is like four hours from England when you do it that way, which would be amazing because I mean, normally it's 22. 
Um, Holy so shit! So I'd like to I'd like to be one of the first to do that, but yeah, you yeah, can yeah. definitely, and I'll I'll do the warm up set. Yeah, and we'll get Big Dan Bilzerian in there to provide the He'll the manscape. Uh, Bring you know, the rabbits. Yeah, rabbit. Yeah, so yeah, I'm down. Yeah, it'll be a good time. I mean, he's a guy who needs manscape. He, he's too much hair. Yeah, that's his beard starts very. His beard goes very high. Well, one thing I, I I was told is that your testosterone levels determine how much how your facial hair is. Oh no. <laughs> well, well, yeah. So no. So basically, so that basically, the more the more facial hair or the greater beard you've got and the thicker, apparently, that would mean the more horny you are. Well, I must be a monk. I must be the most celibate guy in Northern Ireland. I'm 33. I haven't shaved in about three days. Like I cannot grow a beard. And do you think I just never will? If I'm this age and I can't, it's, you think it, I just never? It is, it is proven that like it is like your the, the high, like the higher the more testosterone that you're on, yeah. you know, then yes, yeah, so all these guys on steroids and stuff. Yeah, the more testosterone you're on. So I just I just I just need some some gear. Basically, and if we just go and find a to local gym, find a dodgy guy at the back who's lifting bricks and go right. Can you make this guy massive? We'll we'll jab. No, you my up uncle will take stuff. care of it. Yeah, um, when I was, at, uh, this is a true story. I, I happily admit it. When I was like eighteen, I used to take steroids. You know, one of those kids at, at the gym. <laughs> I didn't know what he was doing, flinging around, and um, yeah, I just got horrible spots on my back and that. But my, it, definitely, I swear, like my facial hair got a lot darker. What way did you? So were you like, were you like skinny and you wanted like I'm size? I'm naturally or? lanky. I'm six foot two, and yeah. obviously touring a lot. You know. Um, I wanted to put some weight on. I really struggled to put weight on as a kid. I was like 170 pounds, but I was six foot two. So, you know, I looked like theoretically a flagpole. Right. <laughs> and over here, obviously, there's a lot of flags. So I know what flagpoles look like, you know, both sides. As I, you know, everywhere I go, it's flagpoles, right? Yeah. So I, I resembled a flagpole. Yeah. And um, yeah, I wanted to put weight on. So I was like eating like all this food. And I didn't really know about nutrition. So I just thought... <laughs> Your, your local man, I don't know, his name was Eric or something at the gym, was like lifting sandbags and big. So I took all this stuff when I was like 18 and for about 10 weeks, I actually, I put on some size. But um, oh, yeah? since, since then, I've got a lot of friends that are into fitness and do competitions and bodybuilding and stuff. And um, I learned a lot about nutrition. And yeah, I've, I've, I managed to keep on, keep about two stone heavier by just eating a calorie surplus which is higher calories than your body needs yeah do you yeah. think djs from like the 90s if they had just stopped djing then and they saw now the lifestyle it would it would be crazy to them the difference of like people, guys like looking after their bodies yeah uh, eating the right thing making sure they get sleep like yeah, ha yeah. has that totally changed um i don't know i just think that um people that People that know, uh, like, who obviously look at me from the outside, like I meet, they always go, I would not expect you to be someone that researches stuff, but like, I would just think that you're a nutter. Yeah. Like, I would just think you're a psycho. <laughs> and I get that because obviously, like, the whole lifestyle, I don't sit on talk like this normally. Yeah. But um, I research everything, like, massively. Reddit is great. Reddit, like, you know, like, threads about, you know, like, uh, sleep patterns or, um, yeah. you, know, you know, nutrition. And um, we've been chatting to you guys before about, you know, like, intolerances and, on your body and things and certain diets. Um, but I, I, yeah, it was very, when I first started, it was very different. Um, have you watched The Dirt with Motley Crue? No. It's a film on Netflix. About their about their Yeah, so Motley Crue. So my, my middle name is Nikki. Nikki's not my, my last name. Uh, my dad named me after Nikki Six from Motley Crue. So I'm theoretically named after uh, a drug addict drummer. Yeah, good but, start. Good start. My dad was <laughs> in a rock band. So I, I very much right. just built on that kind of lifestyle. But um, yeah, it's just um, that kind of lifestyle and, and the way that things are going. Um, I just found that like researching things to kind of reverse all this madness that yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just it's just something that I I've really been enjoying to do. So 
the the last thing I want to ask you about is how many tattoos do you have? Um, well, you obviously know one of my tattoo artists, Willie. Yeah. Well, he actually told me to take the piss out of you on the show, but I was like, I'm not. I'm not. Willie G has given me my only tattoo. Can I, I see want. it? Are we, are we allowed to get yeah. naked on here? Is it? Is it? Isn't it a joke? Like, is, isn't it like? Didn't you do it out of a bet or something? So yeah, it was a bet with my friend Dave Elliott. Um, what? What? Get a naked. Must be the only fans, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Swipe up. Oh no, it must be a slip. I love that you. Yeah, that's a weirdy G script. Okay, I like it. So, um, is that the first time you've got naked on the show? No, no, no. We did ah, it before. That's a shame. We've done it before. We will do it most episodes. Um, but what happened was on the on like an earlier version of the radio show before we it was dance. Um, the radio show we used to do we um, we had like a quiz. We used to like finish with like a quick fire quiz between me and my mate Dave, and we had a bet where at the end of the series the loser would have to get a tattoo that the winner picked. Like a real tattoo. So if he lost, he was going to have to get a tattoo of my... I was going to make him get a portrait of my dad on his arm. But from my dad when he was younger. So like people could look at Dave's tattoo and go, is that your mate's dad? But even weirder if they go, who's that man? He's like, it's my mate's dad, but when he was younger. Um, But he won. So he made me get... uh, So my surname's Todd. He made me get the Todd father. On the back of my leg. Not too bad. But I've never called myself that. And now that I have that, it sounds like that's what I ask people to call me. But I'm godfather to his daughter. So that ah. the Todd father, that's where it came from. His daughter's date of birth is, is in the tattoo as well. But uh, but yeah, no, Willie's the, Willie's the man. He's the I think man. that's quite funny though. Because that, first of all, when you have a shit tattoo, it should be shit. Yeah. But yeah. you've got a it's shit a, tattoo but done well. It's a lovely tattoo. Yeah. And like, like people are always going, just get a henna. Get something like temporary, no. but I was like, I made the bet, and also this will always remind me of like a, a fun thing I did with my mate, you know. You, you've also got it, and obviously I've got a lot of tattoos in a very painful place. It was one of the worst experiences, pain wise, ever. It was so bad. Wait till uh, you get your back done, mate. What? Wait till you get your back. Well, done. I've got to get something done for my own son now because he's going to grow up being like, why do you have a tribute? to your friend's kid like what have you got for me so I'm gonna have to get something like portrait facial or whatever portrait 100% I I think like there's lots of I I started with tattoos when tattoos weren't like like, tattoos have always been cool like in you know in the rock and roll world or whatever just in general but um, there was like a trend you know the whole David Beckham thing everyone was getting clouds on them and all this stuff angel wings angel wings and really will tell you like the amount of people that go in and try and get that stuff with him but um, he does he's so like true to, to the art yeah. of what he does and stuff that like he's very picky about the tattoos he but gives I think a a portrait will never go out of fashion because it's something that is just a picture and if you get it done properly yeah. it's good but you know no one's going to replicate if anyone goes around with your family member on their arm I'd be worried it's weird yeah, yeah it's so weird. weird I mean you've already got something that's quite not far off that yeah 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, I, would, I think you wouldn't go wrong just a nice one on your forearm or somewhere but yeah, yeah tattoos are like but once you get one like proper one yeah. they can be quite addictive but it depends yeah. on where you are in your life I mean I've got them everywhere and I, it just kind of suited my brand and I, I enjoyed getting them and they do hurt but um, you have a sense of like like yes after you've had it like you yeah. do get you do get a really cool sense of like achievement um, there's two or three that I have used numbing cream on not gonna lie because it didn't work that well, but it takes this thing off about an hour. Would you have done it when you were away? If you were traveling a new place? Would yeah, you there just... was a point. So I've got like a couple of random ones on here. That, um, like I got one done in LA, one done in Australia, but 
you kind of I had like the most oddest random kind of tattoos which I like that look but yeah yeah now I'm getting running out of space I think I've only really got like the the upper back of my legs um and a, a tiny few spaces on my chest and um, the ribs I've left because apparently that's the worst and I I had a tiny one on, on my rib because my back's done and obviously a rib meets the back but I've got the tiniest one and I swear to you it's like one word it was it's Kurt Cobain's uh signature on his on his suicide note I don't know I love Nirvana so I got it right done. most painful thing I've ever had done and it took two minutes if the money's right would you get manscaped on there yeah, if they're, if they're watching, yeah. I mean, uh, if you, if, uh, like, send them up, uh, let's go, yeah, you can have 10%. Would you that. let me do it? If, if it's right, like. Will he can supervise and I'll I've do actually it. Got a, I've actually got a tattoo on my leg, it's a date, because uh, I said if Custom House Square sold out about the first ever Sonic gig, I'll get a tattoo, and it did, and I and to my word, and I don't think I told, I, probably people probably thought I was lying, but I've got it here at length of. Yeah, I can verify that that's real. August 2018, it's there. Class. So I actually have a Belfast-related show tattoo on my leg. Excellent, excellent. you got to get, like, yeah, I think you should get, like, when the last rabbit gets... you got to get some sort of tribute to the the rabbits. There's actually a film, I think it's it's called Watership Down. Watership Down, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's what's happening at your house at the minute, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ben, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully you can get back to... Well, I should probably plug as well. I actually am doing this the whole time. Do that. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Belsonic. I think it's, like, this is about September the 4th. Is it September the 4th? I think it is. September the 4th. If it's not, we'll put the right date in. It's either September the 4th or the 5th. I think it's the 4th. I'm yeah. sure it's the 4th. Uh, Ormu Park, Bellsonic, 15,000 people. We've sold like eight or 9,000 already. Yeah, So it'll be sold out. Yeah, it'll be another sold out one. So get your tickets now. And don't I'm doing a set at the start of the day. It's not just going to be 16-year-old kids. Like We do have a very older demographic as well, um, especially this time. Like I'm looking at the sales. It tells you where everyone's from. Loads of people coming over from abroad for this as well. So um, it's going to be good. And um, it's probably the only... I think it's the only trance-slash-hard dance event of that scale this year and that size. I mean, the only other one is MK, who does house music. So yeah. there's, this is the only chance to see that kind of music on this kind of environment and and when everything opens up again that's the sort of that's the music you want to see that's the night yeah. out that you want to have and i and i heavily invest my own money into like we had fireworks last time lip stupidly i spent a fortune on lasers right but it was lightest day of the year it's 21st of june right so yeah, yeah, yeah. you can see them <laughs> yeah. by but the way this is september so you get the, the laser show is going to be insane i know a guy who can get you lasers just for future reference. Well, not a pen, a laser pen, is it? No, well, like, let's just say it might not be legit, but he do you a real good price. It's an uncle of mine. He'll, he'll sort you out. Fireworks, lasers, all that sort of well, stuff. There you go then. Yeah, yeah. So yeah the next Sonic show is going to have to have high insurance because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your man's going to sort us yeah. out. Um, I just also need to plug the support acts. We've got Sander Van Dorn, who's like one of my idols growing up. He's supporting. Um, I hate, it's weird saying like these names are supporting you when these are people that you looked at. No, I know what you mean. I'm not even going to say support. I'm going to say he's on the bid as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not egotistic like that. I I can't, I'm like you, I can't text people and go, will you do support for me, open for me? I'd say, do you want to jump on at this or something? Like, yeah, yeah. Sander Van Dorn, Fergie, who you must know, Northern Ireland legend. Um, He's obviously moved to Vegas, plays there, but I wanted him to come back, support people that from here and have him play some old school stuff that he used to play. Oh, uh, a guy yeah. called David Russ from Scotland, who I've actually, I manage and help support him now in his career. He's amazing. He's been selling shows out here already. Um, and then I've also got two local lads, uh, Paddy and Paul, uh, who will be supporting. And I think there's a few others to be announced as well, but 
Yeah, a few it, others to be announced. Yeah, well, I'm going to have some special guests come up on stage. Some other local lads. I'm really trying to support the Northern Irish trance scene and hard dance scene. They've already got a great following here, but I just before when I wasn't living here, I felt that I kind of was just this kid that flew over and played shows and yeah. smashed it and left. But now I want to help the scene grow because when I'm not doing it, I want the others to yeah, keep it going. Yeah. You know? So it's like a full night, and we will uh, we'll post all that in in in, in the awesome. bio of the show, and maybe. Do something closer again, closer to the show. Maybe. Mate, I'm hundred percent doing this. I think next time maybe we we'd have some kind of dance hits or we should do something on your radio thing or whatever yeah, yeah, you're yeah. saying. Um, yeah. and I, I think what I might do is maybe I might get a bit of manscaping on the go and we can maybe compare like a leg or something and yeah. see who's got the best job. Yeah, I think we could do that. Ben, thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Mate, thank you. <laughs>